Well, good morning, everyone, and welcome to Belong Church. And let me just start right off by saying Merry Christmas. Can you believe that it is already here? We were doing countdown all through the year, and I was kind of teasing it, hey, this many days till Christmas, and now we're in the single digits, and it's just minutes away completely. So Merry Christmas, everyone. I know everyone's schedules are going to be crazy this week, and we're going to be going to visit with my my grandmother and my aunts and my mom and my dad and my brother and, and so much family. It's just going to be so amazing, and we wish you guys, every one of you are watching, and whenever you watch this, a Merry Christmas, and hope you're having a great, great time with each other. But the story of Christmas is one that just about everyone in the entire world knows. And you may want to debate it, and the atheists and the agnostics may want to, you know, come against it and say, well, that's all, you know, it's commercialized. And there's certainly a lot of commercialization to Christmas. But the story, as we will drive down neighborhoods to look at lights, you will see major scenes, and, and you'll see all of these different things that are represented of what actually happened. But I have a funny image to start off with that Pastor Mike Maiden put up many years ago on his Facebook. And from the story, um, from the song, actually, Mary, Did You Know? And this cracks me up. Yes, I knew. Stop asking. You know, it's, it's, it's just very funny to me. But, you know, we, we're going to look this morning at Mary and, and her experience. So what do you think her experience actually was? Now, this is a funny image, and, and you know, but it, it's, it's how we can find humor because we hear that song so often, Mary, did you know, did you know, did you know? But what did she actually know? And one of the things that you'll hear me say over and over again, if you spend any time with me personally, one-on-one, or in a message, is put yourself in the Bible. Because I think too much is missed by us just thinking, oh, that's a nice story. But when I put myself in the Bible and think about if that was me, how would it be? So this morning, today, I want us to look at what would it be like if you had been Mary. See, up until this point, she had a normal childhood. It was life as usual until that day. Now, remember, we we talked about this several weeks ago, that there was 400 years of silence, the dark ages, that there was no voice from God, there was no prophet, and they were just living day to day, and every day looked like the last. In fact, we looked at last week in the plans you have for next year and, and said, hey, next year shouldn't look like this year. That's where Mary was. But then one day, that angel showed up. In Luke chapter 1, verse 26, and in the sixth month of Elizabeth's pregnancy, Elizabeth was her cousin, the mother of John the Baptist, and and we'll look at that at a different time. Um, God sent the angel. You can go read it on your own. Get it in your one-year Bible and go listen to that. The angel Gabriel, so there's three archangels that God created in a hierarchy, and Gabriel is one of the three. So he sent the top guy to Nazareth, a town in Galilee, to a virgin pledged to be married to a man named Joseph, a descendant of David. Look at that, a descendant of David, and we'll see that again in a moment. The virgin's name was Mary. The angel went to her and said, Greetings, you who are highly favored. The Lord is with you. Now, I, I 
I've never seen an angel, and, I, and I'm not stuttering, but I'm just, my, my mind was went a million miles an hour right then, that second. I, I don't think I really want to see an angel. I know some people pray to see an angel. I really don't think I want to see an angel because they're reported to be like 15 feet tall in this massive thing that would fill up all the way to the, the apex of the ceiling, taller than our Christmas tree that's 10 feet tall. I mean, that angel would be way bigger than that Christmas tree, and he just shows up in your living room or wherever you're at. Is like, ah! I mean, I think every one of us would be really, really terrified, much less the top guy. And his words are, you're highly favored, and the Lord is with you. Look at this. In verse 29, Mary was greatly troubled. You think? I'd be pretty troubled myself. I just kind of reenacted what it'd be like for me and Suggest to you maybe how it'd be like for you if an angel just showed up just in the middle of nowhere. And she wondered what kind of a greeting this might be, but she was terrified. She was troubled. And he went on to tell her about what was about to happen, that she was found to be favored, and God was going to give Jesus as a baby, that she was going to conceive of the Holy Spirit. And this is what's all going to be. And she said some most amazing words when you read it. She said, be it unto me according to your word. Like, I have no idea. And she even asked some questions. But immediately after that, her life was turned inside out and upside down. There became nothing normal, nothing ordinary about her life. See, because as she became to be noticed that she's pregnant, all of a sudden, she's starting to be judged. People all around her, people she went to school with, likely even her own family, judged her. Can you imagine that little girl, and we believe she was somewhere between 13 and 14 years old? going and trying to tell her mama, trying to tell her daddy. That wouldn't fly any better then than it would fly today. What are you trying to tell me? Don't lie to me. I mean, if you, if you had a moral failure, just be, admit it. Become clean. No, no, an angel showed up. A what? Think about it. Put yourself in her shoes. You had this experience. You had this word from God. And yet, all of a sudden, nobody around you is celebrating it. No one is understanding, and everyone's judging you. Now you're the outcast. See, I don't believe it was a very wonderful experience for her. Then there's Joseph her husband-to-be. She's betrothed to him. She's engaged. But in that, that day and time, it was, it was a covenant already before you actually got married in the ceremony. So they were considered married, just not all the way, but it was already a legal contract. In Matthew chapter 1, we see the story of Joseph. Verse 18, this is how the birth of Jesus the Messiah came about. His mother Mary was pledged to be married to Joseph, but before they came together, she was found to be pregnant. Now, we know through the Holy Spirit, but now imagine Joseph. Put yourself there as Mary trying to tell Joseph, hey, we're going to start our life together. We're going to have this great, this you and me, baby, we're, we're going to just, you know, embrace the world. And then she has to come to him and say, now, I don't really know how to tell you this, but I'm pregnant. 
I mean, I don't know if she ran to him that day. Did she wait till she started showing? I mean, we don't know any of those details, but she became, she found, was found to be pregnant. I mean, she's showing. Verse 19, because Joseph, her husband, was faithful and yet didn't want to expose her to a public disgrace. See, he could have taken her out to the town square and said, this was my wife. I, I have this legal document that says that we're going to be married, and, and here she is pregnant, and it's not from me. See, that would have been the way he avoids the scandal of it being him that's also disgraced. He wanted to put her away privately, or he had a mind to divorce her quietly. Just like, okay, we're just going to keep this all quiet. You're going to move. You're going to go over here and we're going to act like, you know, nothing ever happened and just nobody's going to say anything. That means he didn't believe her story either. So here she's being rejected from everyone and she's walking this path alone. Verse 20, but after he considered this, an angel of the Lord appeared to him in a dream. Now, Gabriel went to Mary. We don't know which angel went to Joseph, but appeared to him in a dream and said, Joseph, son of David, do not be afraid to take Mary home as your wife because what she has conceived in her is from the Holy Spirit. Verse 21, and she will give birth to a son. Look at this. And you are to give him the name Jesus. Mary was told he'll be called. He told Joseph to name him because he will save his people from their sins. So even right here, we see the purpose of Jesus coming and being conceived and raised as a boy and a baby and growing and growing and growing was to save all of us from our sins. But may I suggest to you, this became a lot for Mary to bear. In addition to being pregnant, her hormone changes and, you know, all of the natural stuff that can just really mess your life up. Now she's got to have the judgments, the rejections, the betrayals. Never does it show in the Bible that her family rallied around her and said, hey, it's going to be great. We're celebrating what's going on in your life. And if I'm putting myself in the Bible, I don't think that I would be able to really understand and believe that my daughter was pregnant from God. I would believe that she's got some motive or she has something that she's, and I would just, even though the guy's now coming and saying, hey, I believe it too, it'd be like, ah, I mean, ah. Then they had to take this long journey right before she's going to deliver because of some politician. I mean, here they are. They're just like trying to keep it all together. And this decree comes out. Look at Luke chapter 2, verse 1. And in those days, Caesar Augustus issued a decree a census should be taken of the entire Roman world. And this was the first time, verse 2, that this had taken place while this guy was the governor. In verse 3, and everyone went to their own town to register. So Joseph, verse 4, also went up from the town of Nazareth in Galilee to Judea to Bethlehem, the town of David, because he belonged to the house in the line of David. Now it said, and we'll see it in just a moment, that it was prophesied that Jesus would be born, the Messiah would be born. 
And it took all these puzzle pieces that Mary was married to or being betrothed to or, or going to be married to this man that is in the house in the line of David. So when the census was then called by this guy, it's the first time it happened under this guy. And now all these puzzle pieces are going to get Joseph and Mary to Nazareth. Verse 5. He went there to register with Mary, who was pledged to be married to him and was expecting a child. And while they were there, the time came for the baby to be born. Now, I don't know if any of you had, have had to travel while there's a pregnant woman. But even in our great modes of transportation today, that is not a great experience. Can you imagine trying to travel with her with all of the stuff that's now bearing on her and just all this struggle that she's had, and now she's got to get on a camel and go to Nazareth? Verse 6, and while they were there, the time came for the baby to be born. Verse 7, she gave birth to her firstborn, a son, and she wrapped him in clothes and placed him in a manger because there was no room no guest room available for them. And you, you've probably heard many people reenact or talk about this and describe this. That, you know, undoubtedly they went to every place. Hello, hello, my wife and I, I mean, you're showing a pregnant wife. It's like, hey, we, we need a place. Can we have a, is there a room? Is there, we'll take just about anything. I mean, come on. And then go to the next one and we're full. We're full because of the census. And, and pushing all of these things and just the exhaustion going from one place to the next place. No, we're full, no vacancies. See, I don't believe that Mary and Joseph were Bible scholars and had an understanding of all the things that they were going through. But I think sometimes we look at that and look at their story and think, oh, that's just so great, everything they went through. But may I suggest to you that for Mary, this wasn't a very Merry Christmas. It wasn't joy to the world. It wasn't, hey, this is a great time of my life. See, I don't believe she had an understanding of everything that was happening. I think she's taking one day at a time, trying to just walk out and do the best she can. But for honest, this thing had wrecked her world. Her reputation and her family relationships and, and her relations and, and all of these things. And people are now whispering about her when she walks by and she's now the laughing stock. And can you really share what God has said to you? Because no one's going to understand it. No one's going to believe you. But what's again our definition of faith that we've been looking at? That the literal word means persuaded and confident. That that's exactly when we say had the faith of God by faith, Noah, by faith, Abraham. It means they being persuaded, being confident in God. I believe that her faith is what helped her through all this. Being persuaded in that moment with the angel, that moment with God. Certainly not encouraged by her very real circumstances. I mean, her ankles are swelling up and she's not very happy walking and she's not comfortable on that donkey and, and all of these things. I mean, it can get on you all the time. It can just weigh you down and pull you down and you're like, ah, when is enough enough? 
But you see, that night with the angel changed her. When she said, be it unto me according to your word. But I believe she grew in her persuasion, in her being persuaded in her faith. Luke chapter 1, verse 39, you can read it later. It talks about she went to visit her cousin Elizabeth, the mother of John the Baptist. And, and she had this great time with her. And we don't know how long she spent there with her, but it was in the sixth month of, of Elizabeth being um, pregnant with John the Baptist. And this is what Elizabeth said in verse 45. She goes, blessed is she, talking about Mary, who has believed what the Lord would fulfill his promises to her. You see, I believe that Elizabeth is encouraging Mary. She said, hey, you're blessed because you believed. You are persuaded. You, you have this confidence in the Lord that he is going to fulfill his promises to you, Mary. But then there came a time she had to go home. And I believe that Mary, just like each of us, had decisions often daily in her life that's being torn up. She had decisions. Is she going to let this thing just take her out? Is this going like to cause depression to go on her? Is this going to cause her where she can't? I can't even deal with this anymore. But her faith being persuaded, confident in God, I believe helped her to deny what she saw in all of her external circumstances that were trying to trip her up, her difficulties. See, I believe her being persuaded helped when she didn't understand. And that's so important. Her being persuaded, her believing what God said helped when she didn't understand. I don't believe she has, as I've already said, all of this great revelation knowledge of how this is all going to work back, and she just kicked back with her legs up, going, hey, this is all going to work out fine. In the realities, her life was not joy to the world. And then she finds herself alone with one of the only people who believed in her, Joseph, in a strange city. And then she begins childbirth. Now, most people like to have the, the benefit of family to be there surrounding them and having a medical team there. And you go to the hospital or you have a midwife and you have all this stuff. And here she is, if she hasn't gone through enough, here she is in this strange city, just went through this terrible struggle and this journey and this, I'm just wore out and this is, a, oh my gosh, overwhelming. And now all of a sudden her water breaks. There's no family around. And to make it worse, she's not even in a pristine environment. She's with the livestock. She's at the lowest of low. The only thing worse would be actually outside in the environment and be homeless. Still not really knowing or understanding what the future held. Now, we have songs that we sing, and we have plays, and we elaborate how beautiful it is, and, and people coming in, and she's just sitting there, just all calm. But I don't believe that night was very nice. I don't believe that she, I believe she was worn out as a new mom, having gone through all of this stuff. But in that moment, I believe, just like you and I, she had to choose each moment to be persuaded persuaded 
or overtaken. To be persuaded or to be overtaken. But what's interesting to me is God is now introducing the deity of God in the DNA into the earth through Jesus. He didn't need Joseph. Joseph was just kind of long for the ride. He could let Joseph not believe and like put her away privately. And, and she just goes over here and she's having to go through all this alone. Joseph could have just left Mary. But God is all about family. And, and can I just speak a word right here about blended families? You are instrumental whether you're the father that comes into that other family or the mother that comes into that other family. Raising a child that's not yours. You're instrumental in the development of the children that aren't yours. And Jesus as a human, Jesus as the son of man, as humanity, he needed Joseph. Joseph helped him to, to develop skills as a carpenter. And because of his relationship and his closeness with him, it was Joseph now that God spoke to from then on about when to leave and where to go. Verse, one, verse 2, uh, chapter 2, verse 13 of Matthew. When they had gone away, an angel appeared to Joseph in a dream and said, get up and, hey, do this. But think about it. He wasn't just God. It wasn't just saying, hey, I'm going to let Mary tell all the shots. She's going to call all the shots. You know. But after all, she's got the direct line to God. She had the archangel show up to her. You know, oh, um, okay, I had a dream. We're supposed to leave and go, okay, we're just going to get up. No, no, God still worked through the, the order of the head of household and went to Joseph and said, Joseph, you have an active role to play in this. Joseph was a strong influence to the baby Jesus, to the young Jesus, and even the man Jesus. But what did Mary know and what did Joseph know? See, I believe they honed their believing by being persuaded and confident in the words of God. You see, God sent all these other assistants along the way. And you can read in Matthew chapter 2 that the Magi came from the east and, and they tried to, um, they came, but it actually was when it, Jesus was two years old. You'll read through that. It says that, that, that this had been gone, Jesus had been raised up. This took a while for them to get there. So much so that Herod, when he realized that he'd been tricked, he killed all the children from two years old and under. Because he was trying to destroy the plan of God. Even through all of these steps, God is trying to strengthen their faith. The Magi came. The shepherds came. Elizabeth. Joseph had a word from God. All of these things were to help them say, hey, you're not in this alone. But can I tell you the story of Christmas as we're drilling into it today, is much like our lives. Circumstances and turn of events can be overwhelming. You see, all these things happen in their lives to fulfill the plan of God. Prophecies 
And you and I have a plan from God, and we looked at that in great detail last week, and that we have to be great in creating action steps of fulfilling that plan and it turns into a vision, and that's when we'll find success. But there's many of us who have prophecies, even many that we've even forgotten or don't even, can't even have, maybe some were so, when you're young, you don't even know about. Like Joseph and Mary, there's things that are working and puzzle pieces that are being moved, and you can say, man, this is really inconvenient that I've got to move at nine months pregnant and go to this city for some stupid census. See, I don't believe they knew that this is because it was prophesied that the Son of God was going to be born in Nazareth. Oh, honey, we're going to have to go there, so you better be packing your banana boxes and get ready to go because we're going to to Bethlehem. No, I believe that they were just going with every punch and going, I don't really understand what this has, just like me and you. So what do we do in times of difficulty? In times of great difficulty? In times of mental confusion and people betraying us? When, pe- when things look like they're not working out? We need to do what Mary did. We need to have faith. We need to have that faith that says, I don't understand it all. How in the world can this even be? And be persuaded and have confidence in God. Romans 8 says, for I'm persuaded. And that word persuaded is the same word we've looked at all these other times that is defined as faith. I'm persuaded that neither death, nor life, nor angels, nor principalities, nor powers, nor things present, nor things to come, nor height, nor depth, nor any other created thing shall be able to separate us from the love of God, which is in our Lord Jesus Christ. Nothing. No mental anguish. No anxiety is going to take you out. Nothing of your mind being pulled sideways can separate you from God's love. Think about that. God's love. I'm persuaded. I the same word for faith that Mary had, that Abraham had, that Noah had. And you can read through Hebrews 11 and see all of it. It's the same word. His love is not being separated from me. No matter what you go through, it's not going to separate you. It's there in times of difficulty. It's in times of great greatness that everything's going wonderful it's there when i'm missing it and can i say that even stronger when i failed forget missing it and trying to make that even seem like oh that's a pretty way of saying that no how about we just lay it all out there when i failed how about when others have failed me may i suggest we need to be like mary What launched, I believe, her on her journey, she said these words, be it unto me according to your words. In other words, I don't understand. I have more questions than I have answers. But I'm put all my trust, my being persuaded, my confidence, my beliefs in you. And I believe that God will, like Mary, bring people alongside to help encourage. But we have to trust the Word of God. 
And the way we trust the Word of God is to read the Word of God. We, we talk about the one-year Bible and we're, we're walking right up against the, the new year in a week. And that's when we'll really, really kick in and say, hey, I challenge every one of you. You, can, you don't have to wait till then. You start right now. But read the one-year Bible and, and just start digging into and see what God has and let God encourage us. But look at this. Even the chosen one by God to usher deity into the works, into the world as a man. She needed a relationship. She needed Joseph. She needed her cousin. She needed the magi. She needed the shepherd. She needed all this because we're all better together. See, I don't believe Mary could have went through this whole thing had she been in complete isolation. Danger is always found in isolation when you feel like you're all alone. Please bow your heads. Isolation. Feeling like there's no one you can go talk to. There's no one that understands And yet, that's exactly what the enemy tries to do, particularly at this time of the year. This is the time that there's more suicides, there's more times of people losing it and going out of control. When we would say there's so much happiness in, this, in the world around us, and yet there's more lives lost during this season of time than the rest of the year put together here to tell you this Christmas story, this this great joy to the world message wasn't too much joy for Mary at the moment. But even in it not being joyful, I believe that God brought all these relationships, all these encouragement to help her in her being persuaded, to help her in her confidence, to help her trust the Word of God. So is that you this morning? Today, whenever you're listening to this, where's your confidence? Have you even taken the first step to follow into walking this relationship with God? Today, I'm going to offer you an opportunity like I do every week to start this. And you don't have to understand it all like Mary didn't understand it all. Just simply put your faith and trust in Him. If that's you today, I want to invite you to say this prayer after me. See, God in heaven, I want to begin a relationship with you. I want to know you. Right now, I ask you to forgive me for every time I've missed it. And make me brand new. Thank you for loving me with everything that you have. For dying on the cross for me. You gave your life for me. Today I give you my life. In Jesus' name I pray. Father, I thank you for everyone who prayed that prayer for the first time. Or maybe it's a coming back. They're circling back and saying, okay, I I missed it and I've walked off the path, but I'm going to get back on it. Lord, there may be even someone right now that needs to rewind this and go back and they didn't pray that prayer, but they need to go back and rewind it to, to say that. Or so they're just going to say their own prayer to you.
God, I thank you that you're sitting there waiting with open arms. And then while we sing joy to the world, at the time it may not seem joyful, yet in everything you do, there's a purpose. When our life is difficult, you still have puzzle pieces you're putting together that we need to have faith. Lord, I give all this to you. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Now, if that's you and you you prayed that prayer with me for the first time or maybe as a circling back time for you, I want to invite you to take a step with us and let us know about that and simply text the word NEXT to 469-289-1114. Again, that's text the word NEXT to 469-289-1114. And we want to just, that will just ask you a few questions and it'll put you in our system. That's how we're able to text back and forth with you and communicate with you and tell you what your next steps are if you would like to, to do those. Then, of course, um, we want to hear what God is doing in your life. We want to hear the stories and the testimonies. And, and I've said many times during this year that, hey, it's a plus one. Invite somebody to take this journey with you. You may be that encouraging for someone else, and they'll turn and be that encouragement to you. Invite somebody to take this journey with you. To Maybe you need to copy this URL and send it over to them and email or a text or whatever. Take this journey with someone else. Lastly, if, if you want to be a part of um, our financial success as a church, and for those who are looking for their end of the year giving because tax time is coming up, you have till December the 31st, you can simply do that by going to givetobelong.com. And there's a pull down you can choose if it's tithes and offerings or a particular gift you want to give. Another way you can do it that's super easy, which is the way I do it, is by texting to give. And it's a different number than our text communication back with you because it's got to be secured. And it's 469-410-7788. And you simply text the word GIVE to 469-410-7788. And it's going to ask you some questions the first time. And then every time after that, all you have to do is put the amount you want to do, and it automatically will take it from there. Well, let's stand together, and let's pray and be dismissed. Father, at this week of Christmas, as we're heading into this time that we kind of let the whole world just go on pause and, and settle down with family, God, I pray that you would bless everyone and you, you would just be there with them. Lord, I pray for all the family relationships to be cultivated. Lord, I pray for forgiveness to be flowing where someone may have judged someone and someone doesn't understand what's going on. That we'll even take that from the story of Mary and, and know that we can't judge anyone or what walk that they're doing, but that we're to be encouragers of everyone around us. Father, I thank you for everyone that's being a part of Belong, Lord, that's being a part of this journey with us, that are, that are walking through this, and Lord, particularly those who are giving, and Lord, those who are telling us what's going on, and Lord, I just speak a blessing over everyone who's paid their tithes and their offering. And Lord, from the office of a pastor, I know that that releases your blessings in their life. I speak that over them. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.